This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you can have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's Ben approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. 
Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely, available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. This is Ben and Ashley I, Almost Famous, In-Depth. It's another Almost Famous In-Depth podcast. Uh, my wonderful co-host, Ashley Iconetti, is sitting on the mic as well. I, hey, guys. You know what? COVID has kept us apart for too long, Ashley. It's been a very long time, but you know what's great? We have this thing down pat for when you go back on tour. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> this distance uh, recording. Ashley, this is an in-depth, and I want to set the mood a little bit here, okay? okay? I'm sitting right now in Denver, Colorado. There is a storm outside, a beautiful storm that we don't get very often. Uh, so it's thundering. I'm feeling very, uh, what, how do I want to say? It's like uh, very kind of like cozy and like just kind of like not melancholy, but just very relaxed mm-hmm. I, because this is the place I want to be right now. Like I really want to be here in, in on this podcast with you. So I poured myself a glass of wine. I'm drinking a uh, a Stolp Pan or a Stolp Man Vineyards Sauvignon Blanc. It's chilled to 2018, which was a great year, vintage 2018. Ashley, you're gonna go get yourself a glass of wine in, in a second. Probably a and, Pinot Noir. Okay, and I know our guest on this uh, week's In-Depth, is enjoying a glass of wine as well. Before I mention her name, I want to introduce her really quick to all of us. Uh, Ashley and I are honored, absolutely honored, to be talking with somebody who has been the conversation of a lot of people uh, over the last week. Uh, She is courageous, and uh, she is a trendsetter. She is the host of the Mouthing Off podcast on CBS radio. She was also a participant on the 20th season of The Bachelor. Let me say that was a great season. Uh, um, Olivia Creedy, welcome to the In-Depth podcast with Ashley and I. Cheers. I also love a Sauvignon Blanc. That's what I have too. Always must be chilled. So it feels like we should just like pour our favorite glass of wine or your favorite drink. If you're, if you don't drink alcoholic beverages or you're under the age of 21, pour yourself, I guess, sparkling water, uh, kick back. We're just going to hang out and talk (laughs) everything Olivia, which is going to be really fantastic. Ooh. Okay. Here we go. Olivia. Where should we begin? We're going to begin where we usually do. And that is at your, the beginning of your childhood. Tell us where you were born and about all the uh, most important members of your immediate family. Yeah, so I was born in New York City, in Manhattan, uh, but my parents didn't want to be there very long because apparently they lived in an apartment complex and my mom had to put knee pads on me because I kept sneaking out of the the apartment and like people just kept finding me like in the hallway and (laughs) so... Were they yeah. leaving the doors open too often? I mean, who who knows? So they were. She was like, "I can't live here anymore." I plus it's too cold. So my dad said, "Oh well, I know of one place in the world I've lived." My dad went to medical school uh, in Austin, Texas. So kind of blindly, they moved me and my sister Paige to Austin, and we've been here since two thousand. And uh, my dad started his own plastic surgery practice here. And uh, we've been quarantined here for, what, three months now, four months now. So, but yeah, we, I grew up basically here, I would consider, uh, played 
volleyball my whole life. That was like my thing. My sister and I shared that bond. Uh, what else? I mean, let's see. Growing up, I was kind of a, a dork and I was really, really overweight. And so that really, really overweight. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Like I have a memory of my, my, we moved to Austin when I was in second grade and I made one best friend. And then as I was kind of getting fatter, he came up to me in the library one day and said, you know, I can't, I can't be friends with you anymore because people are like laughing because you're fat. And I was like, but then I had the most amazing transformation, came back to middle school, and I was a fox. How did you transform? <laughs> My mom basically put me into sports and was like, let me just try anything. And it turns out that I really liked volleyball. And um, of course, like as you grow taller, you kind of even out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that was also lucky, too. Like I had a growth spurt where I went from... I don't know, like five feet to five ten or whatever, and then it kind of evened out. But that was definitely like my childhood. It was kind of like, mm. but it was really fun. And yeah, high school is great. I went to college at TCU, um, and was a sorority girl, and did broadcast journalism just like you, Ashley. And yeah, I don't know. Then I was a news anchor, as I've talked about, and then I went on The Bachelor. It was great. Have you always been like the kind of more extroverted type, more bubbly? No. no. Well, what's weird is I'm super introverted with people I'm not comfortable with. But like with the people I know, I am the loudest, goofiest, weirdest human being on the planet. So I'm just a conundrum. Like I'll go to a party and stand in a corner and be really nervous the whole time if it's like a thing where I don't know people. But if it's like 10 of my closest friends, oh man. Yeah, I'm jumping out of a cake, you know? It's great. Yeah, <laughs> you're jumping out of a cake. Oh, yeah. That's definitely yeah. one of our similarities. I'm an introvert extrovert. Not the jumping it's out hard. of the cake part. Ash is a big I... cake fan. <laughs> <laughs> big but yeah. if I'm uncomfortable in an environment, it's hard to make me comfortable. Oh, yeah. It's it's brutal. And, like, I, I, I don't ever think I'm that awkward, but, like, I certainly am pretty awkward when I'm but, uncomfortable. Isn't that funny that you and I have that quality and yet we got into broadcast journalism and we liked being on 100%, camera? 100%. 100%. But it's so weird. It's like I feel completely myself when I'm on camera, when I'm on a microphone. I mean, I remember I kind of got like slapped on the wrist a little bit at my old news station because I would kind of make jokes on air and kind of like flirt with my co-anchor a little bit. And, and like I, I just felt so good on air. But yeah, the minute I'm off, I'm just like... Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. Well, still figuring it out. We're going to skip ahead a little bit and then backtrack. Uh, yeah. This is going to be like the Michael Jordan documentary. The timeline's not really going <laughs> to It doesn't make any sense, it, but it it's still great any, at the yeah, end. But it's still going to get okay. <laughs> uh, I've been a super just curious personally. After The Bachelor, mm -hmm. why didn't you get back into like being on camera as an anchor? I mean, I think it was a combination of things. I honestly was just so terrified of cameras after the fact that I just didn't even want to be anywhere near them. And then I did send my, Ashley, you know, my reel to some news stations and I was getting, you know, some bites as we call it. But then people are like, you're kind of like a PR nightmare and we don't really think that we that can. You? Yeah, you know, I mean, I was sitting here thinking, 
everyone's talking about me. At least you'd think if you brought me on that your ratings would go up. But That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, but apparently people weren't willing to risk that. And so, yeah, I, I um, got a lot of that. And then at some point I just was like, all right, maybe this isn't going to happen right now. And now it's been what? Four years. Four years, as Chris Harrison yeah. said many times. You're a 23-year-old anchor. You were in yeah. Southern Virginia, right? Yes. It was a yeah. small market, but to Very be small. a 23-year-old anchor is impressive. How did you get that far so fast? I, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, when I was hired at WCYB, which was uh, the station, I just was a general assignment reporter. So, you know, I, was the, I had to carry my camera. I did everything on my own, sweating out there in the field. Um, and then I guess at one point they were looking for a morning weekend news anchor, and they were like, Olivia, do you want to do this? And I said, sure. So, yeah, I remember the first newscast, I was shaking the entire time. I probably messed up a gajillion times, but I guess it ended up working out. And then they said, we want to bring you on to the evening news. And I just I was like, what is happening right now? And and then all of a sudden I was filling in for anchors during the week, which, you know, is a huge deal. And, uh, yeah, I, I really don't, I don't really know. I developed a great friendship with my news director who really gave me a ton of advice and watched all of my footage and said, hey, you know, you do this weird thing with your eyebrow. You need to stop that. And <laughs> so we just, like, talked a lot. And then I just kept going. And it was great. It was really good. Yeah. I know we're sticking in this for a little bit. And okay. Again, that one doesn't matter. Do you ever – in a second, we're going to jump into talking about your time on The Bachelor and kind of what led up to it. But do you sure. ever regret leaving that job to do The Bachelor now? I mean, obviously, yes, because I was really good at it. And I could mm -hmm. see myself, like, if I hadn't done that, maybe I could be, like, in, an, in a big market doing something cool. But when I really think about the job, right, like, we're working 12-hour days your life never really turns off. You're always trying to get your next story. And, and I was only making like $20,000 a year. Yeah. Like I could barely afford to sleep on a couch. And then you move another, another year later and you maybe make like $35,000. Like it's just not to, to say no one should ever want to do broadcast, but it's, it's definitely like, um, it can be a tough, field it's such hard work it's so for hard such little pay it's like being little a teacher. pay it really huh. is and it's like you know it's an important you, job too it's important but it's you know only so few people make it to that like highlight point of like oh I'm on NBC or whatever like you know that's one in a million chance that's going to happen and so that was always kind of what I wanted and then I'm like I'm not making any money I can't survive you know so Yes and no. Yes and no. Is that why you know, Ashley, I've never asked you this, and this is Olivia's podcast, but it's interesting <laughs> to talk Ashley, about. Yeah. Uh, is that why you never got into it? Yeah. So leaving grad school, they were basically like, you all have to start at a very tiny market in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, mm -hmm. I am not moving to the middle of nowhere. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go to LA, get into that scene, and I just have that positive outlook and drive that I know I'm going to be able to figure out my own way of doing it. And people, my classmates would always be like, Ashley, how are you going to do this? This is ridiculous. And I was like, yeah. don't worry. I got to figure it out. Okay. And you did it girl. Great. Well, both of you are extremely accomplished 
within your background of education. Olivia, you graduated uh, cum laude with a degree in journalism from TCU. So like you were, I mean, no wonder you skyrocketed to the anchor seat fast. I mean, actually, yeah. obviously, we know we got our master's, but you are extremely good at what you do. I mean, I'm obviously like, it's hard work, but I'm, I say this as humbly as possible. I worked my ass off in mm -hmm. college. I had three jobs. I was the executive editor of our online, you know, news platform. I worked with the newspaper. I had a TV internship. Like I had no time to party, which I, in hindsight, wish I had spent more time doing, but like I worked really hard. So I did feel like when I did get a job right outside of college, like, yeah, I earned this, like, this is the right, but yeah, I moved to the middle of nowhere, which ended up being the most fun thing in the whole world, by the way. But I'm I told sure my mom, it would have like, been, whoa, right? I'm moving to Bristol, Virginia. Never heard of it. <laughs> Don't know what it is. It is on a Geico commercial though. So really? Yeah. It's always those, it's always those moves where you're super scared that it turns out to be the best. It was like when oh, I so went fun. to grad school at Syracuse, I'm like, okay, well, when I went to college, I knew people that were going to be at my college. You know, I was still in my state. I was two hours away. And yeah. then when I went to Syracuse, it's just like a whole, like I am moving on my own and <laughs> I, yeah, I am independent for the first time ever. Yeah. A totally different type of move. So fun but though. Now, of course you're saying you didn't have time to do anything begs the question did you have time to date oh god no no i was you on dating. no i was on bumble a little uh but how's the bristol virginia bumble scene i mean it was it was it was weak there was actually it's funny there was this guy before the bachelor came out that was like olivia dumped me i had like maybe gone on like three dates with this one guy who lived kind of far away and so it was never really a thing anyway but that was like the closest i had gotten to like dating someone in bristol other than that it was just getting jail mail so like across the street from the news station was a jail and oh. all they do is watch tv and so they kind of, they build, yeah, they build up in their mind that like you're their girlfriend and stuff and they can write mail. So I would constantly get lovely letters from my, my jail boyfriends. Olivia, was, if I saw you on the local news, I would also be writing you lo love letters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Olivia's the anchor that all my buddies text me. Hey, have you seen Channel 7? <laughs> Is she single? Do you know, know. her? Can it's, you hook me up? I no, mean, I don't so, know her. Like, it's so funny because... Like leaving for The Bachelor was a lot weirder than maybe it is for other people because I was anchoring up until the day that I moved home and got ready to go start filming. So I couldn't say, see you guys next weekend. And I couldn't say going on The Bachelor because like obviously you can't. So I just literally disappeared from thin air. Disappeared. Like I still had people two years later saying, where did you go? Like, what did you do? And yeah. Where did you go? Where well, did I that's go? what we're going to talk about next. It's going to be a wild ride for Olivia Cree, uh, all kind of leading up to last week, which was a really important week for you. So hey, we're going to take a break, uh, refuel, uh, take a breather and come back with Olivia Creedy on the Almost Famous podcast. <laughs> What keeps baby skin healthy? 
a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about using your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So... The next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service that you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24 seven. Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right. But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. As every parent knows, kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. That's why they're deeply committed to lithium coin battery safety. Lithium coin batteries power many important things around people's homes, including things that young children may have access to. So Duracell not only educates parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of lithium coin battery safety, but they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Even Duracell's packaging is child secure and designed to avoid accidental opening. Because they believe that their product should provide more than just power, they should also provide peace of mind. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Let's talk about something we all can relate to. Hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns. Ugh. But guess what? Nair 
the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I... I do like need to do it, <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long. Oh, no. Ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like um rich cocoa butter and vitamin e body cream soothing aloe and water lily body cream and really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way nair has it they have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes and if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs think about what you can do in three minutes with nair and the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I said that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Olivia, I've been pretty honest that like I wasn't fully on The Bachelor for the right reasons, nor do I think that anybody was because my mentality and our listeners are going to be so tired of hearing this was... (laughs) Of course, family and marriage is number one. I will put that above everything, way above career and all that. But going on The Bachelor and expecting to find that, you know, you have to be realistic that your chances of it are slim. Totally. Um, However, you know, the greatest case scenario would be (laughs) I get a little exposure, amp up my career, Mm -hmm. and, you know, find my husband, which apparently... Happened. Happened. <laughs> I mean, I am definitely the exception to the rule here. A hundred percent. Why did you go on the show? Oh my gosh. Be honest, Olivia. So look, the truth of it is that I I didn't really want to go. And here here's here's the story. Here's the story. Okay. Okay. So well, first of all, my parents were married on Good Morning America. They were the oh, first right. couple oh, to ever be married on television. So I've always had this like vision of you know that's normal to me like that happens okay so I was doing really well at work I think my mom was like you're never gonna meet a guy kind of in terms of what you were saying like how's the dating in Bristol doing and so she I guess at the time there was a casting that was sort of close to Bristol I don't really remember where it was so I said guys stop annoying me I'm not gonna apply if you guys want to apply go for it I don't care. I'm not going to do it. So my mom kind of conspired with my sister and my sister made a video, which was very cute. I saw it later. They overnighted it to casting and my mom was very smart and she, she set it to where they had to sign for it. And so someone saw it and it was very smart. 
And I got a call two days later. I was, I was on the desk. My phone is ringing. I've told people don't call me between these hours and it's freaking people from LA. And I'm not kidding you. Two weeks later, it was, it started like I, and of course, you know, you go out there and it's this like magical experience and all these people like care about you and like think you're great. And so I was like, oh my gosh, totally. Let's do this thing. And then of course I had watched uh, Caitlin's season. So I saw, I knew Ben and I was like, Ben rocks. Let's, let's like, heck yeah, let's do this thing. You know, you just reminded me of something that I did. I FedExed it with a signature too. That's my advice uh, for anyone who asks. Yeah. Yeah, so now there's going to be a whole bunch of FedEx packages at the Bachelor You need that office. signature. It's uh-huh. the best. But obviously, like, I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic. So I, was, I had no interest at all in Instagram followers or none of that. I was just well, like, this could be really fun. Ben is awesome. If it works, great. And if not, I go back to work, which didn't really happen. But that was my idea going into it, for sure. Two questions for me, just to backtrack. Your yeah. parents, when they got married on ABC, they yeah. were, well, one, that would have been absolutely poetic for you. If oh, that totally. Didn't happening. Totally. But they like knew each other and had dated and all that before. They just had their wedding broadcast from Times Square. Yes. Well, but, but here's, it, it was a, it was like a kind of a show, like a docu-series that followed them. So it was like, you know, my mom trying on her wedding dress and my dad and my mom flying to New York to see my dad's family. And they definitely had an interesting dynamic that was perfect for TV. So my mom was very like, I want to get married. Yay. And my dad's just kind of like this New York dude who's like, cool marriage, whatever. Like, eh. so it was just like a very interesting dynamic, which I'm sure they said, this is awesome. And yeah, and then I guess they did so well, like ratings wise, that it actually, my mom got pregnant with me right afterwards and they filmed me like as a baby, like (laughs) on the changing table. And I was on ABC, like as a little infant baby. So yeah, it was, it was like a docu-series kind of thing. Like it wasn't just their wedding. It was very cool. That story alone gets you cast in The Bachelor, especially with your face included. (laughs) I really, I don't even remember if I told that story. I really don't remember, but um, yeah, I thought I, I thought for sure, like if this were to work or something, then like, wouldn't ABC love having that, you know, mom and dad also coming back, but you know, obviously not. So I don't even remember that story really being shared. I mean, I remember that story from you, but I don't remember ever airing or being a thing, which is no, Mm-mm. which is such a an shame. interesting story, which is why is I was hoping like, obviously I had a feeling I wasn't going to get a hometown, but I thought it could have been really fun to like combine uh-huh. ABC's Good Morning America and footage of them and then checking it. But, you know, that didn't happen, but it would have been a, a cool little caveat there for sure. So. Before The Bachelor, how much dating experience did you have? I had a serious boyfriend in college for uh, about a year and a half. But, uh, but I mean, in terms of, like, is that a ton of experience? Probably not. I thought for sure he was, like, the guy because, you know, I did go to a school, and I'm from the South, where, like, you get married younger. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but... But that was pretty much it. I, I wasn't ever really terribly focused on dating. I was like super focused on career for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I was not be- experienced. Because we haven't answered it yet. 
then why even consider The Bachelor? I mean, I we, you've told us about your mom. You've told us about signing up and like her almost kind of not forcing you, but signing yeah. you up. Yeah, totally. Then why did you even do it? Because I, I don't know. I guess because it happened so fast, there was re- it's not like I waited six months and was like waiting to hear whether this was going to like even be a thing. It literally... I found out, hey, come to L.A. We're going to fly you out here. We want to meet you. You're great. We love you. Come on the show. And then then it started. And it was, like, really fast. And this is such an amazing thing. And how could I ever say no to this? And, I mean, yeah, that's that's the only really kind of concrete way I can think about it. And it's not concrete at all. But um, it was just very fast. I couldn't say uh, no. I get that part. I get the. the it's yeah. hard to say no, and and I don't know if many people do. I, I, I think don't that's know always, anyone that would, that would be interesting no. to know. Oh, I know well, someone who said no. Well, let's fast forward to night one then. Okay. Because this is in a this is an important memory for me. Okay. Uh, you on night one. It's it's a crazy time. Uh, it's mm-hmm. fast as well, right? There's a yeah. lot going on. Yeah. And. Everybody is pretty willing, honestly, in, in night one to share opinions, like the producers and Harrison and everybody's talking like, what do you think? How you doing? How right. is she? Like, everybody's like just excited. And I, it's course. a genuine excitement. It's not a producer fake one. You can read through the lines. People are just pumped. It's, it's a big thing for them, too. Totally. And I remember them being huge fans of you on night one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on, on every level, like, oh, you know, we connected. Our conversation was great. Uh, they said, oh, look how beautiful she was. And, I, and then they believed it. Did you feel that from them on night one especially? Yes. And I'll, I don't know if I can really say why without getting into, like, whatever. You're fine. I'll just do it because that's, that's my brand. That's what I've always done. Yeah. So the kind of the minute I knew when it was – something where I was like, I feel kind of confident just is as my like standing in this was when all the girls are like, Ben kind of starts talking to people. All the girls are, where can, when can I catch him? And a producer came to me and said, Hey, we're setting up your talk with Ben. And I was like, Whoa, okay. And so they brought me over to Ben at a time when obviously it was done and our conversation felt a lot longer than others. And then when I left you, a lot of the girls were pissed at me because they were like, the, you know, we weren't allowed to, to enter your conversation. And I was like, well, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't, I had no idea about that. Hmm. So that's kind of when I was like, okay. And then of course the conversation went great. So that was also the other thing I, you know, so. I don't know. That might have been too much. I don't know. Sorry. No, it's great. How, how easy was the conversation with Olivia night one? Because of thinking of all of your girls and how yeah. many great ones there are, as far as conversations go, like I don't know that it ever gets better than Olivia. Well, I think that's the I think well I think that's the difference. Is night one is, and it's I think it is important for everybody to understand. Like there is excitement. There's a ton of nerves, and not just from the Bachelor and the girls. Like. There's what 200 people almost that work on There's this show. There's a lot of nerves hoping that night one actually like goes well from anybody that works in the show. So it's like very an anxious evening. 
And when you have somebody like Olivia, who is beautiful and, and confident and good on camera, who sits down and like almost like um, calms the storm of the anxiousness for everybody, it's automatically going to go better. Like yeah. it just does because it's not hard on night one to be a standout, especially because everybody's freaking out and Olivia it's just panicked. didn't. Yeah. They're panicked out and she just didn't. It's true. I was ben, I have a follow-up question for you. And it's yeah. a little awkward to answer in front of Olivia. I don't care. But like, Just do it. when Whatever. it comes to the first impression, Rose, was it 100% your decision full-heartedly to give it to Olivia? Did you have some like external, not pressures, but like influencing that like she would be the best one to choose for that? Well, I, re- I remember how it goes down. And you go back in this little room and they said, who do you want to give the first impression, Rose, to? And it's so hard to understand, but like night again, night one, there's what thirty women, some of which you've had a few yeah. few minutes to talk to. Like you don't remember everybody, and it's a whirlwind of conversation. And so, what you do is you go through and you pick out like uh, maybe four or five of the women that stood out to you, and you go through the conversation you had, and you go, okay, I I talked about this with this girl, and this is how I felt with this girl, and. Hey, this girl gave me a kiss right away. Like you just go through everything that you can. And then you go like th- these, you also have to consider this and what maybe others didn't, but I did was the first impression rose is like a weight. Like it is a target and it is also a weight and who can handle it? Like who could, who could take the target and go, I'll walk through this confidently knowing that people are going to like, I am the one that people are going to kind of be after yeah. right away. And so then I decided Olivia because she was that confident that she was that calm presence. She she did stand out, and so it was this is an like, a good obvious choice. I I don't remember being pressured. I just remember it being a conversation, and it, it made complete sense to pick Olivia. So yeah, Olivia, that's that's good. The good point. Uh, Olivia got the first impression rose on uh, the 20th oh, yeah. season of The Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, she ended up going on to be uh, kind of the favorite for weeks, which as we watched last week on the recap, Olivia, w- what happened during that time of you kind of having the target on your back mm-hmm. is as you wanted more time with me, mm-hmm. the women got more resentful towards you. Me, yeah. Did you ever feel that happening? Or again, were you oh, blinded yeah. to that? Okay. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I, yeah, no, I, I felt the resentment. It still felt like super peaceful in the house though. Like I never remember a certain point where like it was uncomfortable living together slash people were like, Oh, everything's fine. It's no big deal. So it's, did I feel things were weird at times? Yes. Did I feel like, of course, when Jamie uh, said, hey, the girls are talking about you, they're talking about your toes or whatever, that was certainly a pivotal moment where I was like, oh, yeah, people are talking about me when I'm not around. And so, but of course, at that point, I was like, I'm not even going to say anything. I didn't say anything about any of that. I didn't approach anyone. I just was like, why not? Okay. Because it, I mean, I don't know. What what's the what am I supposed to say? Who talked about my toes? Like no, I don't really care that much. So, and of course I, it's like I come back here. Sorry, Jamie says people are talking about your toes. They're talking about this and that and the other about you. 
And it kind of pissed me off, to be honest, because I was just like, what is that? How stupid is that? So I went back, and I just was walking back to everyone with just nonchalant, whatever's going on. And everyone was just like, hey, Olivia, what's up? And that's when I was like, what is this? Like, I, like just say you don't like my toes or say you don't like this or say you don't like that. But don't, like, pretend everything's fine. Like, I don't know. I just, I was, re I was having a really hard time, like, towing the line of, like, what to do in, you know, a lot of situations. So, yeah. Watching Ben's season back last Monday, I was like, this girl, they're not showing this girl. <laughs> Olivia, my friend, yes. doing Hi. anything villainous. The only thing that you were doing was in your ITMs, being a little yeah. cocky. You know, yeah. you're feeling yourself. You were calling yourself Mrs. Higgins. It was like... It was fun. I yeah. mean, it was cocky at the worst. Do you know what I mean? But it yeah. was also, like, funny because I feel like you and I have a similar sense of humor. I, where, like, I was just trying to have a good time. Yeah. Let's, like, do this thing. Yeah. You know, I they was there for one reason only. Like... And that was to see if this could work. And, and fame so, and me, like <laughs> totally Ben. <laughs> I was like, this stuff isn't like material to villainize somebody. Was there anything else going on that we didn't see? Like, was it seriously just you being maybe a little bit cocky and the other girls being jealous and threatened because you were such an early front runner? Oh my god. I mean, I definitely. I definitely knew people were talking about me. And so for me as a person in that moment, I tend to retreat, right? So like I just spent a lot of time by myself because I didn't want to piss people off any more than they already were. So I just spent a lot of time in my room, a lot of time. Like when some airport we were at, I bought like six books and I just read them all. Like I, I just, this. yeah, I, that, I yeah. just was like, I don't want to piss people off and it just is super awkward in here. And I would try to extend myself occasionally. Like I would go into rooms and it would just be very cold, like, Ugh, I don't really want her to be in here. So I would leave. And then, um, of course the night with Amanda, with the whole teen mom thing, that really like that really, uh, can I cuss on here? Um, yeah, yeah. up for sure. Yeah. Well, that I was not. That was I didn't know you were going to go that far, but yes, you can still see that. I mean, oh, sorry. It was, it no, was, you it can't. Really, I'm kidding. <laughs> it really messed, it really messed things up. And it was, um, that was a horribly painful night for me, not to say like, oh, but just because I felt terrible that night. That was a horrible night. But yeah. that's like, to say that that was the, real reason they start villainizing you is like everybody makes mistakes and one comment that you word poorly you can't yeah. hold it against you forever I mean ugh, gosh I don't know I definitely word vomited I mean there was this one time I remember I had already had a rose one week and uh, there was a cocktail party and I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to grab Ben really quick. Just say, Hey, 15 seconds. And then I'm done. Like everyone else, I'm not going to interrupt anyone I'm done. And I think it came off as like, I've had him. So everyone else have fun. That was, it, it came off really poorly, but that certainly was not, I just wanted to make people feel confident because everyone was so annoyed that I was talking to him 
that I just was, I was like, Hey, 15 seconds, guys go, I'm going to sit back. Like won't interrupt anyone, but certainly that sounded really pretty crappy on my part. So it's, it's not to say I didn't do anything. I mean, I certainly did right. stuff. Yeah. Ben, when did this start showing to you? Well, that's, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is it's interesting to walk back through this because, you know, from my perspective, you have the night one, uh, first impression rose winner. Mm-hmm. And then there's that excitement around her for me going into week one and the mm-hmm. first dates. And, and then like, I was, I mean, honestly, I was kind of blinded to any of this, even up through, uh, really up through LA into our first travel experience, because in LA, yeah. uh, there was a lot of group dates and there's a lot of people. And I never even recognized that Olivia was not like for lack of a better term, like disliked in the house. Mm-hmm. I remember it really hit me, um, in Las Vegas, which I yeah. think was our first stop on the mm-hmm. travel, was, was there yeah. was questions because I could see Olivia being off to the distance. Uh, yeah. All the other girls were hugging and like excited and Olivia was kind of off to the side. And so then I started asking around like to mostly producers and to uh, some of the girls is like, what's going on? And a lot of producers just say, hey, like there's some issues in the house. You're going to have to find out for yourself. And so I started asking questions and it felt like the more and more I asked questions, some girls didn't want to say anything, but there wasn't an enormous amount of support there. Yeah. It finally came to a head really. And, and this is why I want to sit for a second in Mexico city where, yeah. uh, I had a, the sense you had voiced to me that things were getting hard. Yeah. I had noticed that I had definitely at that point understood that you were, were maybe not the most liked in the house, but I didn't know if I had a problem with that. I just think it was, unfortunate and given the circumstance making this really hard on everybody yeah totally and and that's where i think the biggest amount of controversy with you came from yeah is the comments made to amanda which the twins doubled down on we'll talk yes. about the twins here in a little bit because they okay. came on the podcast last week and, i hear and spoke yeah. about you mm-hmm. um but olivia i want i want to first off clarify what you meant by your comments to amanda and yeah. next then I want to talk about how that made you feel knowing at that moment things were, I mean, I think every, I think you and I both agree. Like you and I both knew that things were falling down around us and you on this experience at that point. Yeah. Well, so without getting too far into Amanda's uh, situation with her ex-husband and their kids, uh, in that moment, she, before that had been talking about how, this, there was a strain with their kind of custody relationship and that it was difficult at times. And at that point, right, like everyone had kind of doubled off in like a, a friend situation, right? And Becca had actually pulled me aside in Mexico City and this never aired. But Becca Tilly said, hey, Liv, like, I feel like you're feeling super alone in here and ostracized. And I want you to know that, like, I do love you and care about you. And I'm I'm really of sorry that Becca you feel did. this way. Right. It never <laughs> aired. Right. But, like, <laughs> there was support in there where that she was like, we want you to want to hang out with us. And I know you feel really awkward at times. But, like, we want you. We embrace you. And so that was when I was starting to feel a little bit more confident. Like, oh, well, maybe I can, like, pipe in and say something. 
And so I'm a dork for TV. Amanda's talking about custody situations. I love the show Teen Mom. So I was literally just trying to be like, oh, this reminds me of some of those storylines in Teen Mom where like the custody situations are difficult. I have no clue why I said that. And I, I think I can see it on my face where the minute I said it, I was like, yeah. It wasn't like I sat there being like, Heh. Yeah. I had, there was nothing about it that was like, you had a baby when you were a kid. Like I had a conversation with her at the pool. I knew how old she was when she had her first child. Like I meant no malice. And the minute I said it, I ran off camera and I hugged her and I was like, I'm so very sorry. Like I, that came out so wrong. She said, it's all good. No problem. And I actually went off and, and, I don't remember if I had talked to you already, Ben, but I came back on the couch and I heard people kind of pss, 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 pss about it. So I just said, hey, guys, like, can we talk about this? Like, I think things are weird. Lauren, Amanda and I ended up having like a 30 minute conversation and I was like crying and I was so sorry. But at that point, I knew it was over. Like I had it was like, why? Why, why did you know what, what about it made it feel like it was over? Cause it was just like, I had finally done the horrible thing that I mm. did. Yeah. And then I feel like you started self-sabotaging yourself. Oh, 100%. I was like, this girl isn't a villain to the other girls right now. This girl's a villain to herself because I you mean, just couldn't help yourself with Ben. You just like, <laughs> you had so much anxiety. I feel like you let me know how it was inside yeah. that you just were like, I need to heal this. I need to heal this. But you were just losing well, your it's, it's a really hard position to be in when you really, you really liked someone for a long time and it yeah. annoys people that like they, you like him and that he likes you. Like, I remember that this, this, the date after the first impression was where I got the rose again, Ben had said, Hey, Olivia, can we talk at the cocktail party? And we were gone for like a considerable amount of time. I had no idea where we were going, how long we were going to be gone. And I get back and Emily looks at her, her watch on her hand. And she's like, you were gone for 45 minutes. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, I didn't ask to talk. To, so it was like, it was just things that I was doing, like existing pissed people off a lot. And so then it just never got better. And then once I did the, the teen mom thing, I was absolutely done for like, yeah, it was, was no like coming back. Yeah. It was all leading up to that moment. It felt and like I it felt, for me even. Yeah. And it was like, it's really hard when, you know, I hadn't gotten a date with Ben, right? So it's like, you only get a few minutes here and there. I'm feeling like I'm having to like defend myself, but I don't even have time to really like talk about anything other than like defending myself. And I'm right. also like, how can I even do that when there's clearly like a momentum shift here? There was just, at that point, I was self-destructing in myself. I didn't want to talk to anyone because I was just like, I was begging to go home, honestly, at that point. I just was like, please send me home. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, it just was awful. So, Ashley, it's interesting to even look back on, and, and you had asked me this question, and, and Olivia, I don't know if you felt this way at all, but looking back on this, right, I mean, you see mm -hmm. the arc of our relationship where it starts yeah, out really yeah, yeah. good, things get good, things continue to be good, and then we go to Vegas, and obviously we have the infamous, like, cake, the cake. incident, which, like, really didn't disrupt the relationship at all. It was more like yeah. a funny... Like, it, it, you know, I think you would probably, Ashley or anybody out there listening, would watch your significant other do something that's, like, pretty funny. And you would just, like, feel for them with them and, like, laugh it off. But yeah. that got emotional, right? There was emotion added to that. Yeah. And, and Olivia was embarrassed. And then we move on. And there were things said. And there was isolation. And it felt like 
every week. Olivia was never the villain in my eyes. It just felt like another unfortunate circumstance that surrounded Olivia that brought upon almost just like a a lack of of joy, I guess, on my end. Because every time I would know of hear Olivia's name, it would not be associated with like positive things. It would mostly be about struggle of some kind. And so from my side, that's how I was viewing this. Like I said, all coming to a head in Mexico City where uh, it really felt like everything that was felt mm-hmm. in a sense was reinforced, yeah. uh, even though that the statement made was a mistake, as Olivia said, uh, mm-hmm. but not intentionally harmful. Now, Olivia, before we continue on with this conversation, obviously yeah. the twins uh, had doubled down on you to um, to definitely make this experience harder for you. And and I'm not saying that because I feel that way, even though a lot of people did, they felt that way as well. In fact, last week we had them on the podcast, a live podcast we did. Uh, let's hear from them, uh, play some audio about them speaking about you. We're totally so sorry about all of that. And me and Haley did not mean any of the stuff we said. And looking back on it as like a mature adult, it was completely uncalled for and just- Just big fat a-holes. Yeah, just little brat, <laughs> just trying to get- 15 minutes of fame, just trying to like, just totally so awful. So if she's watching this or ever sees this a hundred percent, we're sorry. And would love to talk to her on the phone if she'd want to. Hmm. <laughs> and I, right. I, I mean, I, I don't can't... think she would ever want to. I know. And you know, it's weird that we've never even had like a text conversation or a phone conversation four years later to even say sorry. And I guess that might be our fault. Cause we've never even like reached out, but I just don't think she would want. To I know. I, I don't know if she'd want to hear from us. So the twins, I had no problem with the twins in the house at all. Like, I, were we best friends? No, but nothing, like zero. So when I watch the show and I see them, you know, holding a knife and saying they want to kill me and that I want, they make, or I make them want to throw up and they hate my breath and my boobs and this and that and the other, Uh, that was incredibly painful to watch because that I had no clue that that was happening. There was one point where someone came to me and said, one of the producers was trying to convince the twins to put a a bunch of mints on your bed, but that they said, oh, we don't, we don't want to do that, which like, oh, bless them for drawing the line at some point. Okay. So we get to women tell all they are just going in on me and I said I'm sorry you know I I'm really sorry for everything and I remember Leah Block distinctly saying well what about what you guys said about Olivia and Emily just coming back with well that's besides the point so up until that point they still didn't think that anything they had done was wrong in my eyes would you agree I don't know so then we know all the time in the world goes by a couple years later this was maybe a year ago someone obviously was watching ben's show on hulu or whatever right. and they they tweet me and the twins and they said something to the effect of like i don't know why everyone hated olivia because like look how mean x and x were to olivia and i might have liked it or commented i have no idea but emily specifically came back and said oh is she still bitter about all of this So there's time, too, where it's very clear they still don't feel like 
they did anything wrong. Then all this time passes still. This new show with Ben comes around. Mm -hmm. They do a podcast, which, sorry, I, I didn't listen, so I didn't hear what they had to say, but I had never heard about it until... Monday night when Ben's show was airing and my Instagram is exploding and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I see that Emily had followed me on Instagram and then commented on my post publicly saying like, I'm sorry I didn't make things easy for you. I was just young. I was an asshole, yada, yada. And I honestly, I screenshotted it and I sent it to my friends and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you serious? And then 10 minutes later, I get a text from her saying something similar, saying, I'm really sorry. I would love to talk to you if you're open to it. I answered her back and I said, hey, look, I appreciate this message. I would love to talk to you. But the more I think about it, the more it, it just, it doesn't feel right to me. Um, it just doesn't, I, I really do think that if this show had never come on, they would have never apologized. And I fully believe that. And so already it feels kind of weird to me. Um, but then to wait till like the night of the show when everyone's looking at Instagram. I don't know. I might just be jaded. I, I don't know. Well, what? yeah. And okay. Let's talk about that then, because I, I do want to come back to the Emily and Haley uh, conversation. Yeah. But in order to make that make sense, we have to talk about you and how hurt you've been for the last four years. Because we've talked yeah. about the show. We've talked about your experience on the show. Just to recap it, um, Olivia, in one of the most iconic exits of all time at the end of The Bachelor uh the the jerk of a bachelor left you on an island all alone as he speeded off into the windy ocean, um, leaving you just to get heck. windblown and and frostbite. Um, so, uh, but that was your exit, and that's the last yeah. we really saw of you up until the the men or the women tell all, which wasn't easy for you at all, and no. a, a lot of that had to do with the twins and the twins kind of coming at you. And so let's pause there and go into your life in the last four years and this mm. is the meat of the podcast that i'm intrigued by and i think our listeners are going to be intrigued by yeah olivia there's a reason why it's not easy for you to forgive emily and Haley right now yeah and there's a reason we haven't heard from you as chris harrison said in four years mm-hmm. why I mean, I think it's it's a combination of many things. I think filming Women Tell All was super disappointing to me because I was prepared for... Uh, I don't want to get emotional. It's okay. It wouldn't be a, an in-depth podcast if one of us didn't cry. So Pretty I just, much <laughs> everybody cries on an in-depth. Sorry. Um, I was prepared to be attacked and I knew it was coming and it, it just seemed like there was like a point where it was like, okay, go like go in. Mm. And it just kept coming and it kept coming and they were making all these faces. Like anytime I tried to say, I'm sorry, they would like roll their eyes. And I just felt like I was getting nowhere. 
And I was also like, I don't even know why you're so angry at me because I don't even remember like having that many conversations with you, to be honest. Like, I don't remember ever doing anything to you. And so, as, as I said to Ashley, that point where they're just saying every single thing that I did wrong and Leah Block says, well, what about what you said about Olivia? And they said, that's besides the point. Like that what happened to me didn't hurt me. That was when I was like, I'm done with this interview. Like, I just want to, I just want to go home. I didn't even go to the party after Women Tell All. I just went home. Um, so I had this theory. I have this theory. I wrote about my Cosmo article this week. I think there wasn't a natural villain in Ben's season. And I feel like they had to find someone to sort of villainize. And I think that the, the twins were probably used as uh, a channel of creating a villain because they knew that they would kind of say anything about anyone. I agree with you 100%. 100%. I don't even think they really cared about me that much. I think that they just agreed to everything that was asked of them. My, I guess my, my gripe with them is that, um, you know, especially their, their reasoning now is like, well, I was young and I was stupid and I was looking for my 15 minutes of fame. And it's like, so you basically are saying that you're like validating what you did to me by saying like I was young and stupid and just looking to be famous. So it was like I wanted to be famous, so I had no problem just burying you. Well, yeah, because and and that it, we, I mean, sucks. Because the truth of it all is, for the last four years, you felt buried. Like this, this has. This was not a past, like, for some that come on the show are villains, and Ashley and I talked a lot, like, you have, they have a little narcissism in them, maybe a lot, uh, they, they don't admit that they're wrong, they don't believe that they're wrong, they can't even see that they've ever even been close to being wrong, for you, you knew you were wrong at times, but you also were open enough to feel the comments, the concerns, and the criticism. And so for four years, you've sat with your family. Like how, I guess this, how often, Olivia, is the show something you think about in your life in the last four years? Oh, God. I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it comes up in my mind, like, on a weekly basis, if not because, like someone you know says something to me or like someone says oh yeah my friend was asking if you're as crazy as you really look like it's just it's like when someone googles you and it's like ugly right like I have this on my mind all the time when I'm applying for jobs and like googling me is like awful or like you know I work at Delta and people recognize me and and they say like what like what was wrong with you like mm. it just like it runs into my everyday experience and I've done my best to like forget about it but like I have this distinct recollection of like my mom took me to a doctor after the show 
because she was like, they're talking about your breath. Like, I think we should take you to a doctor. That is so sad. How does, I, 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 I feel like I'm just asking the same question over and over, but it's, it's the only one that makes sense right now. Like how, how does this stuff make you feel? It's just, it's maddening that, that people can just hurt other people with like no remorse and like I didn't do everything right but I I it just killed me to hear them behave and say things that showed that they did not feel bad at all and now it's just conveniently coming around again and so they get to say we feel bad and we're older now and we were just assholes back then I was an asshole on the show and like, I don't make excuses for that. I have, po- I've apologized a gajillion times for that. I don't rest my laurels on that, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, if they were to apologize somewhere in the midst of this before the re-airing, you would have accepted it as more genuine. Yeah. hundred percent. I found it to be really bizarre that it happened like as the show was airing and I was like getting attention and yeah but what about us I mean that's my I mean so like my I guess the only comment would be would be like the moment that I wanted to do this with you for you and the moment it really I mean and I and I've told you this even off uh privately on the phone is like I never realized how hard it was for you like I've, I've, I guess like, and that's in my immaturity and my like naiveness was I never realized just how difficult this was for you for the last four years. And so your criticism of them could probably be the same for me. Yes and no, because you didn't sit there and say like, how can I make fun of this girl and make her into a villain just so I can be famous? Hmm. Okay. You know, um, yeah, like, that's a good point. Like you, do that. you didn't ever go out of your way to hurt me and um and you know we we did have like moments where we saw each other occasionally over the years and you you just said like how are you like I I didn't hear anything except for them tweeting me a couple years later saying is she still bitter about all of this Mm. so it's like there's a difference between like saying a couple things like there's people who said things on the show about me that you know we talked about it afterwards Amanda and I have had multiple grown adult conversations about what I said we've had multiple conversations and how do you guys stand today I know that it was fired up again last summer when her book was about to come out yeah I mean the book the book was hard just because I I was like at that point we had already kind of I thought like buried the hatchet and so I was like oh wait this is coming around again that's kind of you know whatever but but we have had multiple conversations and like we're friends now like you can have conversations with people and approach people and say yo I was wrong and she says yeah I'm sorry you felt that way and we can like become friends and life is good and I don't have any hard feelings towards you and it's like there's been times where, you know, I felt like I needed to apologize to someone and yeah, maybe I'm like, I don't know how to approach them and maybe they won't receive it well. You still do it. You find a way if you really want to. 
So bringing it up to date is uh, about, a, I don't know, a month ago, Olivia, I got a text um, saying, hey, we're thinking about bringing Olivia on the show. Um, she's super nervous about this. Uh, what do you think? And I said, well, let me call her. So we, we just to give anybody some background here, Olivia yeah. and I spoke on the phone, um, just kind of about what this could look like, not in terms of anything more than you going on the show. Like, hey, yeah, should you, your question to me was, can I trust them? And my response was, yeah, you can trust them because I don't think they want to see you get buried again. I don't think that does anything for the show. I don't think it does anything for their souls, for their life. Like, I just don't see that ever being a good thing here for them, right? Yeah. So after, okay, so let's pause here because during this conversation, you had mentioned to me that your sister and your mother definitely weren't in support of you going on. No. <laughs> No, especially my sister. She's very anti. <laughs> I had to convince them to basically let me do it at some point. So, well, well, Just because they didn't trust the show or they were mad no. at the show? My, my sister hates the show. Okay. Hates the show. You have a lot of distrust against the show. And I think it's not just because of what happened on Ben's season, but was, wasn't there some paradise Well, it was just stuff? like, you know flying me out to LA which I probably would have never done the show as it was because I didn't really feel like I, I can just go back on camera again but it's like and just ghosting and then like texting later like it's just all these things of like I can't I hate not being able to trust people and so it, it just drives me crazy that like I I there's just no trust. And this this whole thing was initiated as like, let's try to like build that back. But it's like, I, mm -hmm. it's very difficult. And so that was like, Ben was the one person to me who was like, yeah, he's involved in this, but I do feel like he at least kind of understands why I might be hesitant about it. And so I, you know, I, I, I just had to be like, can I do that? And I called several. I called Ashley Spivey because she, I mean, Charlene, I called Charlene. And I just was like, guys, am I insane for doing this? Like, is this crazy? And it was really, it was a terribly difficult decision to make because I just didn't want it again. I didn't want that again. Was anybody discouraging you besides your family? No, everyone was like, I feel like, if this footage is going to air again, and I've said this, like, you don't want that to be the last anyone sees of you. Like, you're so well-spoken and you're so different now that at least, like, please show up. Even if, even if it looks terrible again, show up. Because I do think that Women Tell All was one of my better episodes because it was just, like, me talking normally. And so... I just, I had to put my faith in them one more time. And it was like the hardest thing I've ever done. I was shaking. My hands were shaking the whole time. I was like breathing, like before Chris came on to, to film it. Like it just was, it's just not, it's not natural for me. Cause as I said, like, I, I don't want, can't, I don't want this. Like, this isn't like, yay, I'm back on the show. And it, that's not why I did this. So it's just like weird. Why did you do it then? Why'd you say yes? Um, I mean, mostly because I, as, as I said, like I, 
I'm going to take ownership of all of this always. And so if you're going to air this stuff again, I'm going to own it again. If you do it again in three years, I'll do it again. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be the person who just looks like an ass and then just like doesn't at least respond to it. That's not what I'm going to do. That's what I'm not afraid of is taking ownership of what was shown. So uh, Jubilee was somebody who did deny the request. She did not come on the show, even though they wanted her to. Mm -hmm. And I just before we close up this chapter, I just kind of want to reiterate. You are probably the only only quote villain <laughs> that um, in real life when you meet you, you're just totally, completely different. <laughs> like, most of the other quote villains have an ego or <laughs> have like. I don't even know what you would make of it. I don't even know how you describe it. I have a lot but like, of theories, of, but we'll save them for now. <laughs> a lot of words. Okay, I was going to say, like, most of the villains actually don't even mind that they're kind of mm -hmm. villainized, right? I'm jealous of them, honestly. <laughs> I wish I had that attitude. I wish. And then you meet you in real life, and you're just like, okay, wait, something didn't make sense here. Like, she was made out to be something that she just wasn't, and it's really unfair. You're one of the very few exceptions that I find your edit was completely unfair. <laughs> I mean, as I've said, did I behave like crummy at times? Did I have foot in mouth syndrome? Hell you yeah. You and I are the same, you know? Hell yeah. But I, it was never my intention. I did not go into that saying, how can I make a splash? Like, that right. was not, no. like, oh. You and I up a couple times oh Pretty yeah good i you know? done did but that. like we did own it <laughs> and i feel like we were self-aware of it you know moments after it happened but you know they have the footage <laughs> they can do what oh, they want with it i'm sure i'm like damn it they got footage of that it's over yeah did i really I just under? say that and i'm on camera <laughs> dang it yeah oh. yeah, yeah i mean that's that's my only thing would be i don't know if your edit was so wrong as much as it was just highlighting the wrong things like, you know, like you said what you said. You've owned yeah, that. Right. You did what you've yeah. done. The the difference is your highlight reel, highlight reel. Yeah. was not was not showing much of the romantic side, the sweet side, the sensitive side. And that's really I mean, Olivia and, and here is where it all kind of came back last week. And so uh, for you, those of you who watched the uh, the Bachelor Goat last week, Bachelor 20 was highlighted. Olivia came on with an interview uh, with Chris Harrison. And after speaking with Olivia, I felt, and, and this is probably my own issue, I felt controlless because I was giving you advice that I didn't really know was true. Like, hey, I trust that they want to make this right with you if they're telling you that. I don't think they're going to try to ruin you. And so the idea was how can I help and how can I get control? And it really was at that point after talking to you, I went inside, I was in Indiana at the time and I talked to my family and my fiance and I said, this girl is still hurting four years later. Like my only, and, and I mean this, I don't claim to have done this thing perfectly. And I know some would argue that like, I, I know there's, but like I didn't, and you know that, and everybody knows that that's listening to this. The difference is my only request was that when people came on the show, They'd be glad they did it. I, I got that heartbreak still might happen. Like I got that people might leave brokenhearted or I got that people might leave not even caring if they were brokenhearted. I understood that part. Mm -hmm. But my only request, my only hope, my only prayer 
if you will, was that people would leave going, I'm glad I did it. And Olivia was the only person that now, four years later, I can look at and hear from and realize that I don't know if she's glad she did it. I don't know either. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. Like, I, I still mean, am, and I said it on TV. No, and, and like, this is just a moment, again, and, and, and I didn't get to fully explain this on television. Yeah. But it is a moment where it's like, it is sad. It does hurt. You signed up for this. You gave it your best shot. You're a good human. You're absolutely beautiful. And it brought me so much joy last week seeing your name trending on Twitter with like insanely positive things following it. Like only positive things. I was shocked. I don't know what it's like to have people like watch me and like me. So that was like, <laughs> I it was so insane and bizarre. And I was like, wait, is this really happening? I've honestly been in shock for like days because I mean, oh, people like me. It's, whoa, this is weird. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Be- because they because they didn't edit your interview with Harrison and it was just you and yeah. you know Ben made it made you feel better going into it being like I do trust that yeah. it's going to turn out good for you this time do you have I have to ask for the sake of the audience what do you have a more you have a a bigger trust in the show for maybe making you look more yourself if you were to ever do it again like is there any inkling of olivia that would be open to doing paradise tell okay. us here okay this is not me being cocky i would only be the bachelorette i would never okay. do paradise and so no why i ashley's convinced and this ashley's convinced me that paradise is a really good thing and i didn't think so either <laughs> three years ago when i started this podcast with her after three years, I see the benefits of it completely, like romantically, uh, wow. in f- terms of freedom, all those things. So Look. many villainous characters have gone to paradise and become so beloved, but also vice versa. But yeah. you barely ever see somebody double down. No, they never, they, you never could. But okay, no. sorry, why not? Be- guys, I would never, okay, I will say, like night one of Ben's season, first two weeks of Ben's season, I was totally myself. Now, whether that translated well or not, I'm not sure. But I don't know if I could ever be that Olivia on camera ever again. Like, I don't know if I could just go into it and not be like, uh, that camera's watching me. Like, what, what are they going to film? You know, like, that. I don't know if I could ever be like that again. To I, I be just completely don't. honest... My concern is that for you as well. I think yeah. you'd almost be too paranoid and yeah. too careful that yeah. you would either be boring or like, <laughs> or <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You'd probably be boring because you'd See, be scared Ashley, to say anything. If you have that concern, that's why I shouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm still shipping the idea of Olivia to paradise. Is that the right word? Shipping? Ship- would well, I say shipping? shipping? Usually people ship with like another person, but you can yeah. ship with paradise. That's okay. Yeah, I'm You'll shipping paradise. You'll have to paradise. call me beforehand again and like try to like talk me over, you know, through this thing because look, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. 
Well, the good news is I don't think a Paradise season will film for another 12 months. Yeah, also. I think you will be considered, but we can have many talks before then. All right, should we transition to the fun part of our podcast? Is there a you fun have part one more thing this? to say? 100%. Yeah, to close out here with Olivia Creedy, uh, we love you, Olivia. We're going to move on to some too. fun stuff. Okay. Uh, it was <laughs> courageous of you. It was you. big of you. I'm glad, as a friend, you did it. Um, I know we have a lot of mutual friends. Uh, yes, Brandy, do. Cyrus being one of those who has always <laughs> loved you, supported you, cared for you, um, and just lifted you up in every conversation I've ever been in with her. And um, and so we Love have a her. lot, of, you know. Yeah, she's somebody to think here. But anyways, I want to close this part with reading um, your Instagram caption, and and then we can go to commercial break. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is from Olivia. When I uh, got a call that season 20 of The Bachelor would be airing again, I was terrified. For the past four years, I've been battering and forgiving myself, bettering and forgiving myself, improving my mental health, and kayaking home from the island. <laughs> That's good. The last thing I wanted was to regress. Having said that, I'll never let this footage air and not take ownership. I would hate for that to be the last anyone sees of me because I'm far from the person I was then. By doing this, I feel so much lighter. Like I really can let go, stop hiding from the world, and focus on what's meant for me. You're going to fall flat on your face sometimes, and that's okay. You're not defined by your past. You can pick yourself up again, and you're not alone. It's brave to ask for help if you need it. No matter what happens tonight, I love you all, and I'll go through all the crumb again just to connect with all of you. Embrace the growth that comes from all the lessons and experiences. Sign the girl <laughs> who still has the largest mouth maybe ever. That's Olivia oh. Creedy. Oh, lovely. <laughs> we'll be back with Olivia Creedy here on the Almost Famous In-Death Podcast. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about using your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So... The next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service that you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. 
What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. As every parent knows, kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. That's why they're deeply committed to lithium coin battery safety. Lithium coin batteries power many important things around people's homes, including things that young children may have access to. So Duracell not only educates parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of lithium coin battery safety, but they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Even Duracell's packaging is child secure and designed to avoid accidental opening. Because they believe that their product should provide more than just power, they should also provide peace of mind. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Let's talk about something we all can relate to. Hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns. Ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level. With their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip. And I was like, this is so awful, but I... I do like need to do it, <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long. Oh, no. Ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. And really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving Like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I said that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand 
Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, here, Olivia, this is the most fun of the podcast that we have. We appreciate you so far. Ashley, uh, take it away. Okay. First off, we want you to talk about your podcast. I think you are a pioneer in Bachelor podcast. And I love the shameless plug that you had on Monday night. You said, like, I started my mouthing off podcast. And even Chris Harrison, like, had a little giggle there. He, he was, was like, like oh, okay, she's going we're going to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the fact, I think that you started a podcast because you were like, wow, people really didn't get to know the real me through yeah. the show. So this is a way of me taking my passion of journalism and storytelling telling and interviewing mm-hmm. and adding in my own personality so people will get to know me as well yeah uh, so come tell us how like you came up with the idea and what people can expect when they listen yeah so the podcast came about a year out of the show so I was like okay I'm I'm a little better now let's find a way to to change people's opinion of me I knew that my following would be small but mighty but I was like how can I claim the mouth and so I did a photo shoot with my my jaw was like locked the whole time (laughs) but I just was like my mouth was wide open and then from the get-go I was like I have to interview reality stars and get to the meat of who they are and what was going on because I know what it's like to feel like you weren't fully like in it you know what I mean and so I I bring on a lot of bachelor villains because I just want them to have an opportunity to talk the way that I kind of didn't. Um, but I, I bring on people from every reality show. So it's, it's not just Bachelor people. It's people from everything because I watch a lot of TV. But it's like very interview style. It's not really that conversational. This is me like putting my degree to practice and like really getting to the meat of humans. And um, yeah, so I just it's did a fun it this lesson. week. Yeah. yeah, you should listen to it. It's fun. It was. It's. It's. Um. It's fun. It's definitely uh, a good opportunity. If if you've watched someone on TV and been like, I don't know if I liked that person, you should listen to them on my podcast because you might. And like you still them might not like them. And you still might hate them, but at least they tried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us what you're doing for Delta too, because you have multiple jobs. Yeah, I have a few. I. I'm obsessed with traveling. So I was spending a lot of money traveling. So I was like, how can I travel for free? So I work at Delta. I'm actually unfortunately retiring though because of COVID and travel numbers and airlines are really struggling right now. But it has been the most fun place that I have ever worked. I work in the Sky Club. So like a little bit more bouge. It's nice. wonderful. Delta One. Delta One, I get to fly sometimes. I plan it out very particularly. So the life of a standby flyer, if I want to fly somewhere, I, I look and I see when I can get into the front of the plane because I want to lay down. I want to lay yeah, flat. like it. What's next Oof. then? If you're, if you're done with Delta, what are you going to do? I want to go get my master's. So At Paradise? Uh, <laughs> No, NYU. Oh, no, sorry. I really, my number one is NYU. That's my goal. That's where I wanted to go to undergrad and it didn't work. So now I'm like, let's make it happen for graduate school. Um, but I'm applying to a bunch of schools. I really want to go back to the classroom. It's going to be fun. 
hopefully. What do you want to study? Do you want to continue journalism? No, I want to do marketing. So it's like, it's crazy. I realized like over the last four years, I've basically like rebranded myself and like Mm -hmm. marketed my podcast. And I was like, I want to do this for a career. So yeah. Anyway, I find in the brain, they're very closely related. They are I find very myself very related. drawn to marketing yes. and advertising yes. as well. Totally. <laughs> okay. Do you, are you ready for our speed round? Yeah. This is our My fun favorite zone. part. This, I love this part. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. I try to tailor the questions a little bit towards the person. Okay. Food you're obsessed with for your big mouth. French fries. Okay. Food you despise. Of seafood. Oh, seafood. Really? It stinks. <laughs> Delta tricks that we should implement into our travel bookings. Oh, my. Um, don't buy basic economy tickets. They suck. Don't do it. Even if they're cheaper, buy the main cabin. Because when you want to make changes, you can. And also, like... Go up to the person at the counter who looks cool if you want, like, a free bag or something, because I'm one of those people. I'm like, free bag? Uh, sure. Totally. Have it. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What is the guilty... What is your guilty pleasure artist or song on your iTunes or Spotify? Celine Dion. I wanted to see her when we went to Vegas. We never did. Mm. It pissed me off. Celine Dion. You shouldn't even feel guilty about that, girl. I don't. I didn't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic all day. Oh yeah. Reality show that is underrated and you think people need to give a try. Is it underrated? 90 Day Fiance? Okay. No, I don't even know if it's underrated, but I do think that it's gaining speed with I every mean, season. It is iconic. Speed. It is so good. I want to be on it. Please. My okay. worst nightmare. <laughs> Um, okay, last question for me, and then I'm going to have Ben ask one speed round question because okay. he never does. Okay. Your favorite place in the world that you've traveled and the place in the world that you think has is overrated? Oof. Uh, favorite, Iceland. Overrated, Paris. Okay. All right, Olivia, I have my question. What is your favorite outfit that you wore on our season of The Bachelor? Uh- Okay, I have two. Um, the my first night dress, obviously, mm-hmm. it was great. And then I love. <laughs> I uh, I really love that swimsuit that I was wearing when I got dumped. Yeah. So this is this is my final lightning round question. How did you get home from the island? <laughs> <laughs> my my sister was pissed that I said it was a tugboat on my podcast because she says it it was more like a kayak, like. I was like, I had an oar and I was just rowing and I was cold and it took me hours. We weren't close to land. Like we were pretty far out there. (laughs) No, it was like this. It was a little motorboat, like a little fishing boat. And the, the, the engine was like, (laughs) 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 and that's how I got home five hours later. Olivia. Nice to end this podcast on a good laugh. That's right. Olivia, you're awesome. Uh, Y'all are you're awesome. loved. I, I, I really do. Ashley and I both, the almost famous family, I know um, because of the responses last week, just, just want to see these next four years be a bright light for you. Keep us updated on things. Um, you are some – I'm just really glad. Like I'm so pumped that you had your moment 
um, Me too. Same. during the recap. Like this is just the coolest thing to celebrate alongside of you and with you. Crazy. Thanks, and what ben. a story you have to tell. Hey, uh, you are loved, Olivia. You are celebrated. I love That's y'all. Olivia Caridi on the Almost Famous In-Depth Podcast. Olivia, we do this every time. So just follow our lead here. I'll start. With that, uh, everybody out there listening, Olivia Creedy is one of the most iconic members of Bachelor Nation, somebody we haven't heard from in four years, but we are hearing from again in the best and brightest ways. She is somebody to be celebrated, somebody to love on, somebody to make up for all the wrongs that we've put her through for the last four years. Um, This was a podcast uh, that was long needed, and I'm glad it came. With that, uh, I've been Ben. Yay! I've been Ashley. And I've been Olivia Caridi. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Bye. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety— They also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely, available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky. 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 